It's funny how one small detail hidden within the depths of an issue much larger can change completely how one feels about something. Take for instance the Dionea muscapula, better known as the Venus flytrap. It has rough looking jagged leaves which are used to trap insects and eat them whole. Many would consider this a disgusting and rather ugly plant, yet every now and then it reminds us that it is a plant just like any other by producing a beautiful white flower high above its traps where any insect would be safe to inspect it and pollinate. If not for this, then we may have forgotten an inner beauty within the Venus flytrap. Sometimes we forget to inspect closely before we judge something as crude or ugly. We would do well to remember that most of the time, we see only the smoky trail of an aeroplane that has already disappeared through the clouds, heading to a destination we know nothing of. This rang true one December, when Alison Cairns was reduced to doleful, heart-wrenching tears. It had been Ethan, the troublesome young ruffian from Alison's first year class. No teacher in the school had expressed any enthusiasm with having Ethan in their class. He was a disruptive boy who had been twice excluded in what had only been his first five months at the school. Both of his exclusions had involved fights with some of the other boys in the class, which had been started by Ethan. He had been warned by the school's deputies that there would be no third exclusion, it would be an expulsion. A firm full stop placed at the end of the short paragraph which was his time at Hillside Academy. Miss Alison Cairns of Hillside Academy's English department was very aware of this, and instead of following in some of her fellow teacher's shoes and hoping for the aforementioned expulsion, Mr Gray, Ethan's maths teacher, has in fact remarked that this would be the best Christmas gift he could receive this year. The thought of Ethan's time at this school being cut short filled her with a despair. Now approaching her tenth year as a teacher, Alison had become very aware of the sort of teacher she was. She was the organised sort, that was for sure. She arrived in plenty of time to start her first lesson, carefully marked students' work as soon as she had time to do it, even organised a large and growing classroom library full of books she had bought herself arranged on a large bookshelf in alphabetical order by author's surname, and in six neat rows, each row containing books of appropriate level for each school year. But much more than this. In her time teaching, Alison had discovered the more important parts of what sort of teacher she was. She was a caring teacher, the kind who saw every student as equals, regardless of their background or even their behaviour in class. She believed in the old saying about never judging a book by its cover, or the one about only ever seeing the tip of the iceberg. Human beings were complicated creatures, especially children and young people. Ethan had reminded her of this one morning in December. He had been having a bad morning with plenty of occasions where he had had to be told to put his phone away, stop swinging on the back two legs of his chair, spit out his chewing gum, stop distracting others in class, stop swearing in class, stop drawing crude pictures in his jotter, and almost everything else that a first year generally gets in trouble for. Ethan! Alison had resorted to raising her voice. The boy had at this point began breaking off parts of his eraser and throwing them at some of his classmates at the other side of the room. If you don't stop this nonsense right now, you'll be going to the headmaster's office. Ethan had turned round at this with a look of scorn on his face. Looking Alison dead in the eyes, he said, Fuck off. She'd had no option then but to send Ethan to the headmaster's office. She knew that this was perhaps another shaky step on the way to Ethan's expulsion, but what else could she have done? He'd stormed off, slamming the classroom door behind him, and Alison had continued the class with a more sad tone in her voice. It was strangely quiet that afternoon, as though many of the pupils had decided that they'd had enough for the day and had slipped out the back door of the school to pursue something more exciting. Alison had been running in errands and was now making her way back towards the English department, which was upstairs at the end of a long corridor where music lessons took place. 
As she walked, the quiet sounds of her own footsteps were gently joined by the smooth, beautiful sounds of a violin. Alison noticed straight away that the violin was being played well. She'd walked up and down this corridor enough to have heard varying levels of skill on violin, everything from what sounded like a cat clawing at a chalkboard to what sounded like a pupil who was very ready for an exam or a public performance. But this was on another level completely. She recognised the melody now, Oh Holy Night. It was being played softly, with careful, delicate attention to the sound being produced. The teacher, Alison thought. The strings teacher who visits the school. What's her name again? Mrs. something. It has to be her. She was approaching the window to the little practice room where Alison was sure the sound was coming from. Just a glance. I'll have just a little peep inside the window and hopefully I won't disturb the musician. She looked into the window for only the length of time that it took to pass it. Just a second or so but she was sure it was Ethan. Ethan, immersed in the music he was creating. Ethan, who bowed his instrument and produced a sound more lovely than perhaps any that Alison had heard in this corridor in her years at the school. Ethan, who had glanced up at the window for a brief second and just might have caught Alison's eye. There was no turning back for a second look. Alison continued her stroll up the music corridor and then ascended the staircase, mind swimming with a thousand thoughts. She had met briefly with the headmaster shortly afterwards. Stuart McCafferty was a large, serious man who always held a look of stern authority upon his face. Some were intimidated talking to him, but Alison had always found him professional and polite enough. Ethan reported to me this morning, Stuart had said. Yes, Alison replied. I didn't have any other option. He was ignoring me and causing a lot of disruption in class. What was he up to this time? Stuart asked. No more violent episodes, I hope. No, Alison said, nothing like that. He swore at me, that was the last straw. Stuart sighed. I've warned him. He understands full well now that the slightest bit of trouble will be the last straw for him. We can't have any more of it. The school's reputation is on the line, you know. Alison had been filled with dismay. She sauntered back to her classroom and closed the door behind her. The room was empty and quiet. She sat at her desk and gazed out the window, head resting in two arms propped up by the desk in front of her. And then she saw it. The first snowdrops of winter. And before Christmas? When had that last happened? White Christmases were a thing of the past, existing now only in fiction or in Christmas card scenes. It was lovely to look at, but a little sad too. The snow fell lightly, dreamily to the ground without a sound. It's made her think of the last snowfall back in February. She'd childishly gone sledging with Brian. They had whizzed down the huge sloping hill not far from their house alongside the hundreds of children who had gathered there. She and Brian had laughed about how the two of them had been the only adults there unaccompanied by children, and Alison being a schoolteacher nonetheless. It should have been a happy memory, if it weren't for the fact that she and Brian had unhappily split up and hadn't spoken for some months. The anger had faded, but the loneliness was still very present. She didn't know quite how it had happened, but she'd found herself quite alone. No family, no close friends. This year she'd be spending Christmas Day alone. She tried telling herself that this was normal, that it happened to lots of people and that it wasn't a big deal, but this just created a bigger issue in her own head and she let herself become quite miserable. She let a solitary tear fall from her eye and down her cheek as she gazed at the lovely, horrible snow outside. And now, somehow, that beautiful version of Oh Holy Nights that was played by a boy who looked oh so much like Ethan began to play in her head, and it made the one tear turn into two, and then three, 
and then so quickly to turn to despondent gushes of vehemence. There's more to that boy, she thought. There's something within him, asleep, hiding from the world in the daring defamation he fears. Oh, how I wish he could find it, before it's too late. The snowfall continued lightly. It wasn't enough for sledging or building snowmen at a height much larger than to the bottom of the knee, but it fell lazily from the clouds above nonetheless. On the last day of term, Alison carefully parked in the school's car park and exited her car. As she was lifting bags out of her boots, she heard some angry voices. You speak to me like that again and I'll fucking gut you! Fuck you! I hate you! Looking towards the front gates of the school, Alison saw a small boy outside a car, Ethan. He was marching away from it with a red face when suddenly the driver of the car got out. In his hands he held Ethan's school bag, which he had clearly forgotten. He lobbed it over the top of the car and sent it flying towards Ethan. It struck him in the back and he fell face first into the thin layer of snow beneath. Without saying any more, Ethan's father got back into his car and drove away. Laughter The last sound Alison had expected to hear suddenly filled the air around her. Looking at the source of the sound, she saw several of Ethan's classmates laughing at him, ridiculing him. Good catch, Ethan! Pointing fingers, grinning. Watch your step! Mocking, taunting. And then Ethan was able to rise, and quickly slung his bag onto his shoulders before looking downwards and quickly escaping into the school. Alison visited the music department that morning. Who? Mrs Young said. Ethan, from S1. Yes, Alison confirmed. She now felt a little embarrassed. She must have been wrong. Nope, sorry Miss Cairns, I don't think that boy has ever used a musical instrument for anything other than a canvas for his crude art. No, Alison said, no, probably not. It's just that I saw a boy playing violin yesterday who looked so much like him. I did wonder if it was him. I really wouldn't think so, Mrs Young said with a snort. You have a nice Christmas, Miss Cairns. Maybe Ethan won't be with us afterwards. The day had ended cheerfully among the staff. Several Merry Christmases were exchanged and teachers excitedly swapped plans with each other. Alison was a little left out of the conversations, as most were aware that she was no longer with Brian, and an awkward discussion would rather be avoided. I'll just have a nice little relaxing time by myself, she thought on her way out of the school. And she would, she decided. She'd watch rubbish TV, eat some chocolates, roast a turkey, because damn it she was having turkey, even if it was just her this year, and hope that a better year was just around the corner. It was quiet. The usual Christmas day calming of the roads outside of Alison's house, and indeed in the rest of the country no doubt, brought about a stillness that Alison thought she only ever witnessed upon the 25th of December. She normally liked the calm, embraced it. It would give her and Brian some privacy to enjoy their own little Christmas tucked away in a private bubble. This year she felt she was on a deserted island with no chance of escape. The turkey. The turkey will make it feel more like it should be. She'd bought a small one, of course, but even that was too much for one person. She thought she'd use the leftovers for some meals during the week, even some tasty turkey and stuffing sandwiches. Oh, what was the point? The turkey had been cooking for some time now, filling the empty house with a pleasant aroma which seemed to taunt her. Taunt her and laugh at her like those pupils taunting and laughing at Ethan. Trouble at home. She deeply pitied the boy. She had a mind to speak to Mr McCafferty in the new year, to inform him of the difficulties Ethan may be experiencing at home. She regretfully thought that this may be fruitless. The entire school and the world, it seemed, were against Ethan. 
And then, almost in response to her thoughts, Alison heard something break the deathly silence. It jolted her at first and she twisted around in her kitchen to look out of her window. It was only then that she noticed the snow had continued to fall, and now dropped in large flakes which had covered the ground, the houses, the trees, the unmoving cars. A white Christmas. But that sound, what was it? No, it couldn't be. A violinist. And playing O Holy Nights, no less. Alison lived in one of the houses in a row at the bottom of a large hill. Her kitchen was at the back of the house, and the window faced out to the hill. Peering out of the window and up the hill now, she spotted a small, faraway figure, the violin player. She rushed towards the front door, and slipping on a coat, scarf, hat, gloves and a pair of Wellington boots, she ventured up the hill. The music was beautiful, as lovely as Alison had heard that day in the music department. As she drew nearer to the musician, she saw that he was sitting on a fallen log and his back was turned. She approached slightly from one side, the side that didn't have the violin resting on the shoulder, and as soon as she was able to confirm that it was indeed Ethan, he spotted her and stopped playing. He looked up at her with an expression which seemed more anxious than anything else. Hello, Alison said with a smile. Sorry to interrupt. Go on, finish the piece. Ethan was frozen for a moment, and then he resumed. He bowed the instrument with grace and O Holy Night rang out over the hill and no doubt into the happy homes below to spread its melancholy cheer. When he was finished, Ethan looked up once again at Alison, who now joined him on the log. You play beautifully, Alison said. Have you ever thought about joining the school orchestra? Ethan shook his head. No, I get laughed at enough as it is. Alison shook her head softly. Those that might laugh at you likely would only do so because they'd be jealous of your talent. I'm no music expert, but I think you might be the best violin player I've ever heard. Who taught you? Ethan looks down at the snow. My mum. She must be incredibly proud, Alison said. She's dead, Ethan replied. Alison felt her heart sink. All of a sudden she wanted to throw her arms around the boy and give him a hug. I'm sorry, I didn't know. That must be hard. Yeah, Ethan said. I've never really talked to anyone about it. Well, Alison said, I'm here. I know I'm not your guidance teacher, but I'm always willing to lend an ear. Don't keep all of this stuff bottled up, Ethan. Why are you out here by yourself, anyway? I don't get on with my dad, Ethan said. Or his girlfriend. I hate them. So you're going to spend Christmas up on this freezing cold hill by yourself? Ethan went quiet for a moment. I don't know. Alison paused a moment, then she smiled once more. Ethan, would you like some turkey? A grand feast for two it was. The turkey had cooked perfectly, and it had seemed the fates were on Alison and Ethan's side. She thought it foolish to buy all this food for herself. Most of it would go to waste, but it was her way of not allowing this horrible year to defeat her. Well, now here was a boy who had been having just as hard a time of it, and who could share in this happy endeavour. The turkey was accompanied by pigs in blankets, roast potatoes, sage and onion stuffing, fresh and crispy vegetables and a lovely thick gravy. As they ate, Alison and Ethan laughed together and discussed their differing viewpoints of school life. For dessert, Alison suggested attempting a baked Alaska. What's that? Ethan had asked. It's a hot, frozen thing, Alison had said. Ice cream on the bottom and hot meringue on the top. It's quite difficult to make, actually. But make it they did. Ethan marvelled at how the ice cream didn't melt despite being placed in a hot oven for a few minutes. 
There was too much of the dessert for the two of them in the end, and by the time they had finished they were both full. Right, Alison had said to Ethan then. You'd better head on home. Teachers aren't meant to have pupils in their houses, you know. Thanks, Miss Coombs, Ethan said. He put on his coat and prepared to leave. But before doing so, turned once more to Alison and hugged her. Thank you. And I'm sorry for being so bad in school. Am I going to be expelled? Not if I can help it, Alison smiled. Now go on, and don't you worry. I'll look out for you at school. Let's see if we can't make next year much better. Hello, thank you very much for listening to What Might Be Shared and Turns to Happiness. And thank you in general for a brilliant year. I launched the podcast back in September and since then I've been getting listeners from all over the world, which is really exciting. This has helped me really get into my writing as well. And as I'm sure you'll know, I've released a book of short stories as well called Which Way is North, which is available on Amazon in Kindle and paperback formats. You can check the description of this episode for more information and to buy the book. I just wanted to quickly say thank you very much for all the support. You can expect more podcasts in 2021 and you can also expect another book or two. More information about that to follow very soon. In the meantime, thank you so much for all your support this year. Have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and I will see you with more stories soon.